0: So, hey, if you're here tonight, you brought your Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to the book of John, starting in, in verse 6, or chapter 6. Um, but if you didn't bring your Bible, you, there's hope for you. We're going to have it up on the screen. So you can read along. If, if, you, uh, if you don't know how to read, someone next to you can read it for you, or I will do that. Um, I want to encourage you guys to take notes, uh, because who knows what God could speak to your heart. I want like, And when you take notes, I don't know if some of you guys do this, Go back weeks later on, or a year later on, months later on, and, and go back and read. And hopefully, prayerfully, something that, that God did or spoke on this night would speak to you again and just challenge you again. So, um, this weekend, for Winter Retreat, those of you guys who are going, bring your notebook. You will want to take notes because it's going to be a great weekend. I guarantee that God's going to speak to you this weekend. So, um so it says this, John 6. We're going to start in, in uh, verse 1. And it says this, Sometimes, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Uh, in, the, in the message version of, of this version, it said, uh, this verse, it says that he was asking him to stretch his faith. He was asking him to challenge him. And I, and I love that Jesus already knows what's going to happen. And so many times we have this opinion that um, God is a needy God. Like, I I remember times I questioned, like, why does God need me? And, and, but many times, and and like, like, because I'm like, why does God need me to do it? Why can't he just go and do it? And like, but many times he's asking us to challenge us, to stretch us. And so it says this, uh, we're going to move on. Verse seven, it said, Philip answered him. It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. Another, of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he said, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go with so many among so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And then Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled the 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves um, left over by those who had eaten. Who's heard of this story before? Yeah, I would say a lot of us in this room probably has. I don't know about you guys, but I love this story. I really, I like this story. It's a good story. And all throughout the gospel of John, Jesus constantly refers to food. I love the gospel of John. Like, who's like, that's my kind of guy. Like, he's talking about food and, and the gospel of John. Like, seriously, go read the gospel of John. He talks about food a lot, and he talks about water and bread and suppers and the Last Supper and the woman at the well, and, and it's, it's great. It's filled with food. Read it. It's good. So I think here's the reason that he says this a few times in the book of John is, is uh, he says, I have come so uh, you may be full." And and really what he's saying, he's not like, so you can have a lot to eat. So you can fill up on Chipotle and be happy. How many would love that? Uh-huh, preach. So, but no, but he's, he's saying, I, I've come so you can be full. And he's saying that so you can have a full life. And he didn't come just to, to just give us a little bit and just be like, eh, there's a little bit. Or like dangle the little apple in front of you. No, he came to give us a full life. And fulfilled life. Jesus isn't always about uh, talking about the physical need for food. It's much more than that. He's, he's talking about our heart and our soul being full. Uh, I, I wonder how many of us in this room are running our lives it, it completely starving. Like our soul, our spirit is completely starving. We may be full on Chipotle, but man, my, my soul needs something. My heart needs something. You guys ever seen those Snickers commercials, right? Where they're like, uh, what's, what's the line? You're not, you when you're, hungry. you're not you when you're hungry. And like, I don't know, my favorite one is when there's a group of guys traveling down the road in a car. And Aretha Franklin's in the back. You guys know who that is? And she's just going off, like yelling, you guys are the dumbest. I can't believe we're doing this trip. And just going off. And they're like, all the guys in the car are like, oh, shut up. And then finally like, they hand the, the Aretha a Snickers bar. She takes a bite, turns into a dude. Weird. But, but basically the whole thing is saying you're not you when you're hungry. How many of you guys like get hangry? You, like when you get hungry, like, I'm mad about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a lot of us, we live our lives, everyday lives, not who we were created to be. I don't know about you, but I, I'm, maybe you've said this statement in, in your young life sometime before. But maybe you've said the statement that there's got to be more. That there's got to be more. I don't know what it is, but there's got to be more to this life. There's got to be more to what's going on. Is, is this it? Is this all that we have? And I really think what happens is that we pour out our lives so much and we put so much effort into things that don't really matter. And, and then when it comes to the things of God, the things of God are way down our list somewhere. And there's, there's always a need for more. Because we're never really satisfied. Because the only thing that can satisfy our lives is Jesus. And I really believe that Jesus came to this earth to do, to, to do a whole lot more. than well, he, he came to this earth so we could live a full life. And, and we're constantly like, God, why do I have to give? Like, what do I have to serve? Like, why do I have to come to your church? And why do, why do I have to constantly do? Like, why do I have to do something for Jesus? And Jesus is saying, hold on, hold on just a minute. I came so your life would be full. See, Jesus, he's greater than your own supply. He's greater than what you have on your own. He's greater than your own supply. So many times we live off, live off of our own strengths and our own abilities. How many of you guys have seen um, that middle school kid who, like, they're a freak athlete and they're destroying everyone, and, but that's all they ever do. That's the furthest they ever get because they dominated every, every, they dominated here, and then by the time that they grew up and got into high school that everyone caught up with them. Because they didn't continually develop their skill, they didn't continually work at it, and and and, and God's saying like, He He's greater than your own. He wants to make you greater than what you are. We all we live we try to live off our own strengths and our own abilities, and for so many of us, we're close to the we are. How many seniors we have in here? Oh yeah, you guys, you're halfway done. Some of you, you're done. Uh, this, this is close. like, how many, uh, how many seventh graders we have in here? Sorry guys, you got a ways to go. Um, uh, but, uh, but like, not only did Jesus come to give us a full life, but he came so that we could engage a culture. By the way, if you hear random screams, there's a gym right over that way. And so like. We're not torturing kids here at the church. Um, And so here's what happens in the story. You see, Jesus, he notices this crowd. This crowd that's gathering and they need something. And they're following him. They want to see miracles and they want uh, miracles to take place. And, And sometimes what happens is we only notice the core. We only notice maybe our four or five people that we hang out with. Or we only notice like a small group of people. But Jesus he noticed roughly about 25,000 people people who needed him and people who needed some food but sometimes in our life we only look at me we're like what do i need but what about what i want i want this too and like we we're, we're all like oh, but i need this and like and i think what happens is um when you guys hear me say this often is is Every single week, asking, begging, pleading us to bring our friends so they can hear about Jesus. And and I think, we're, I think a lot of times we say to ourselves, we're like, God, I can't do that. I'm barely even making it myself. I can't do that. Like, who am I going to bring? I've got my own needs. I, I want to ask you a, a real question, an honest question here tonight. What is it? That you're spending your time on? What is it that you're spending your time on? What are you giving your effort to? What are you putting your energy into? Um, all throughout Scripture, Jesus, he's constantly teaching <clears throat> and reteaching his disciples. And, and I feel like that he's, <clears throat> at the same time, even in my own life, he's constantly teaching and reteaching me. And so many times that we're, we're wrestling with God and we're arguing with God, and like, why are you always trying to get me to do something? Why are you trying to get me to do something for you, God? See, you got to know this: the <clears throat> the life you think that you're living, that that's not why you're here. I mean, it's a part of it. I, I really feel the feel like the effort that we use. And all these other things in our lives are leaving us still hungry, still wanting more, still empty. But you got to know that a life centered around Jesus is a full life, and you will be fulfilled. It's so funny because in Matthew 14, 15, it says, and and this is the same story that we just read, but it's recorded in the book of Matthew. Uh, It says this, as evening approached... The disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. You see, Jesus sees the crowd, but the disciples see themselves. It's like, send them away. Get them out of here. They're they're hungry. Get Send them away. I'm tired. I want to go eat myself. Like, send them away. Not like chew on my arm that was okay um but like how often do we do this how often do we do this like we see a crowd or or maybe we're here on a wednesday night or maybe we even see a person in need but all we care about is our core is ourselves or our, our our group of friends we look across the room and we see someone sitting alone or we see someone with a need or we see someone actually hurting. And, but I, I, I care too much about my group, about my core. See, the disciples, this, at, at this point, the disciples had probably walked with Jesus and ministered with Jesus for, for over a year and a half. And at the end of the book of John, it says this, and this is amazing. It says that there were so many miracles that Jesus performed that they couldn't possibly write them all down. Man, wouldn't that be cool to see? Um, but miracle after miracle after miracle. And I wonder I wonder how many miracles they saw Jesus do. But even after walking, walking with Jesus for all this time. After knowing Jesus' heart. He still had to remind them that you're still looking at yourself. There's a whole crowd. And they need you. But you're still looking at yourself. So I want you guys to know this. And I want you to write this down. Our our supply will always fall short. But Jesus has the surplus. So you remember what Philip says. He says this. uh, He said in verse 6. He says six months wages couldn't pay for just one bite. For this whole crowd of people. And after Jesus had done the miracle. There were so many leftovers that the people were full 20, 25,000 people and they ended up having baskets of food left over. Do you guys remember how? What was it from? How many loaves? Five. And how many fish? Who's a fisherman in here? Anybody like to fish? How many? Uh, how many? How many people can five fish feed? Five, maybe. Depending on how hungry you are. Depending on how big the fish is and how hungry you are, it's the bass. Um but anyways, five loaves, two fish, fed 20, 25,000 people. That's a miracle. See, in, in our own strength, we'll fall short every time. We'll fall short every time unless we rely on Jesus. Jesus is our surplus. He has our surplus. You have to look beyond the logic. Sometimes we're just so logical and so straightforward like, oh well, it doesn't quite make sense. And so I don't believe it. John 6, 7 says, Philip answered him, it would be more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread to have a bite. See, and then Jesus looks specifically to Philip. He's like, hey, hey, Philip. You guys remember we read this earlier. They're talking about what to do. And the disciples are like, send them away. They're hungry. We're hungry. And Jesus looks at Philip. And he's like, Philip, how are we going to feed these people? And Philip answers with a logical answer. Well, it's, it's, he gets out his calculator. Well, it's going to take six months wages for everyone to at least have a bite. And, and, and I wonder, are we like this? Do we do this? Like maybe when Jesus taps you on the shoulder, walking down your hallway at school, or around a group of friends, or maybe here on a, on a Wednesday night, he taps you on on the shoulder and he's like, "Hey, I want you to do this. I'm going to ask you to do this for me." And we answer back logically, like Philip did. We answer back with this impossible mindset. Well, if it can't happen, I'm not enough. Like I don't have enough. Like. I don't have six months' wages, and I wonder how many people here like God's a, God. He asks us to do something, but our logic gets in the way. I'm not talented enough. I'm not popular enough, or maybe you're in this room and you say, "I'm too popular. My reputation is going to be jeopardized." See, what's incredible to me is even Philip's suggestion. Is small. If we gather six months' wages, then maybe we we could give everyone one bite. Think about this: how long, how, how often that we rely on ourselves, and it's so unsatisfying. Think about what Philip has seen, maybe the past couple years walking with Jesus. Think about the miracles he saw take place; he was a part of. Miracle after miracle after miracle and and but jesus he 's still trying to stretch his faith. students, I want to challenge you tonight. I believe that what God is trying to do, what he 's wanting to do here at emerge youth church, he, he wants to stretch your life, he wants to stretch your faith, he wants to challenge you to go above and beyond. He wants to challenge you in your faith to grow in your faith and and to reach. ...new heights and to reach new people. He's asking you to believe beyond yourself. And when you begin to say, God, stretch my faith. God, challenge me. God, challenge me beyond what I know I can do. I want to tell you guys, that's a dangerous prayer. If you ever say, God, challenge me. If you walk into your school, God, put someone in my path today that I need to witness to... I challenge you to pray that prayer. I guarantee someone's going to show up. Pray dangerous prayers. Ask God to do great works. And I know if God's going to put someone in your path, he'll help you with the words to say. Because so many times we're like, well, I don't know what to say to people. I don't know like all of the Bible. And I I don't just, I don't know what to do. What, What if someone said this? You know what? Just show him love. Maybe say, I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that right now. But I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. But here's what I do know. Jesus has changed my life. And I'll never be the same. Just tell your story. Tell your story of how God has changed your life. I challenge you to pray dangerous prayers. Um, So Jesus, what Jesus, he was trying to do with Philip... He was trying to get him to look beyond himself, and I really believe he challenges us to do the same thing all the time, often, to look beyond yourself. He's trying to get Philip to see beyond what he possessed. So tonight, students, I think Jesus is asking us to do the same thing. Look beyond yourself. In order to do that, you have to approach with the audacious. You have to show up with, with audacious thoughts, audacious dreams, ideas. We all know those people um, who, when you get into the, to a crowd of people, they say dumb things. You guys know those kind of people, right? You're like, uh, your breath smells really bad. Like in a crowd of people, instead of pulling them to the side, be like, no, they're just going to call it how they see it, right? And, and maybe you, you, you first meet someone. And they say something absolutely dumb and you're like, what? Like, it's hanging out with middle school students. I'm totally kidding. But like, you get around some people and you're like, what are you even saying? Are you speaking English right now? Like, this is not making sense. Like, I I mean, like the first time, don't point, don't point, don't point at people. Um, so the first time you, you think you meet someone and they say something dumb and you think they're joking. And then they just keep going and you're like, just, just stop. Stop. Stop talking. Um, anyways, so in the midst of twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people, Jesus looks to Philip and he goes, Hey, Philip, how are we going to feed these people? Philip gives a logical answer. Well... If my calculations are correct, we could spend eight months' wages and give everyone one bite. And then Andrew speaks up. And maybe maybe he, he thinks Philip's answer wasn't quite good enough. And so Andrew steps up and he says this. Well, hey, here's a kid with uh, five barley loaves and two fishes. Um, how far will that go? <laughs> Like, you know, 25,000 people in the crowd. Hey, there's a kid who finds those two fishes. <laughs> you know that dumb person who says dumb things? Andrew. Um, I'm totally kidding. If you're Andrew in here, you're not dumb. I think you're smart. But Andrew says the dumbest thing right here. <laughs> I love you, Andrew. Um, Andrew in the Bible says the dumbest thing. He walks up after hearing this conversation, after seeing the thousands of people on the hillside, and he walks up with this little kid and his basket of uh, five loaves and two fish, and he's like, Philip is like, I'll just take uh, six to eight months' wages to to pay for everyone for just have a bite. He's like, man, i got some bread and some fish. Now, I'm not Jesus. I'll never be Jesus. Um, I, I, I've... You've already had this suggestion of, of these months of wages and this guy comes up to me and is like, I got some bread and some fish. I would probably slap Andrew right in the face. It's like, that is the dumbest. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. You, get, you guys ever have those people in your life where they suggest something and you're like, no. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to talk again. Ever. Just stop. Like, honestly though, maybe though, just maybe, after walking with Jesus a year and a half, two years, maybe, just maybe, Andrew got it. Maybe he understood. He's been with Jesus for a couple of years. He's seen miracle after miracle after miracle. In the moment, he... <clears throat> He hears Jesus ask Philip that question. Jesus gets a lame answer. So Andrew looks at the crowd of 20, 25,000 people, grabs this bread and bread and fish and he's like, "I know it's not much, Jesus, but we can use this. We can start here. We can start small and 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 I know you, Jesus, I've been around for a little while. I've been around you for a while. I've seen you do something. Maybe you can do something here too. I wonder how many students here tonight, we, we've been afraid to suggest what we have to offer because like, eh, it's not much. I, I don't do much because I, I feel like it, it's not enough. I'm not, I'm not talented enough. Nobody will want what I have. But Phillip's obviously smarter, but the math didn't add up. Andrew walks up and he's like, oh, I've got some bread and some fish. And Jesus is saying, he's like, I don't need to know what you can factor. I want to know what your faith looks like. If, if you'll just bring me what you have, I'll bless it. Just bring what you have. It may not be much, but I'll bless it. You take your, maybe you, you have one talent. I'll use it. So many people, they stay in the world of, of just simple logic and, and what can we factor in. And what I have is, is what I can do and it's not worth it. But we need to have that simple little faith that says, God, I don't have much. Give talents, smarts, money. But God, you know what? I give you what I have. And I guarantee you, he'll bless it. He'll bless it. He'll use it every single time. See, Andrew sees this moment to be a part of something audacious, to be a part of something huge. And when you step out in your faith like that, I believe that God will bless it. Be audacious. Look beyond the, the logic. Approach with audacious. And the last thing of this, I want you to know this. Don't just watch the miracle, work it. We talked, we've talked about this before. We've talked about this part before. Don't just watch the miracle. Work it. John six eleven through 13 it says this, Jesus then took the loaves. He gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When, when they had all had enough to eat, He said to His disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves. Left over by those who had eaten. See, some of us are reluctant to take steps of faith for Jesus. But Jesus is is simply saying, if you'll feed the crowd, I'll make sure you're taken care of. If you'll do something, if you'll reach something, if you'll take a a step of faith, I'll make sure you'll be taken care of. If you walk into your school and you pray that audacious prayer, I'll make sure you'll be taken care of. The disciples were, were hungry too and they, they were like, well, let's send everyone home. We want to go to Arby's. No one ever says that, by the way. I'm just kidding, I like Arby's. But Jesus said, he said, you know what? Jesus said, you help the crowd and I'll help you. He said, you help the crowd and I'll help you. And I, and, and I wonder how many of us are always saying, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need your help. <clears throat> and Jesus saying, help them And I'll help you. You reach out to them. And I'll bless you. See after the disciples fed the crowd. There ended up being 12 extra baskets full of bread and fish left over. That that number is significant. Because there were 12 disciples who were all saying send them home. Send them home. And so Jesus shows us to look beyond the logic and be audacious and give him what you have in an attempt to feed those who are hungry. There will be enough left over. There will be enough left over. See, I, I've heard before, like, why do we always talk about reaching people and loving people and inviting people? What about my needs? You, you need to know that we care about your needs, we care about what's going on in your life, we care deeply. Anytime that you need prayer, anytime that you need help, anytime that we know that you're going through something, we care. We'll be there. We pray for you. I I really think that Jesus here, he's trying to teach us to look beyond ourselves. Look beyond our needs and see others. Let me ask you tonight, are you an Andrew or are you a Philip? You're in Andrew every time. But I I would almost guarantee that every one of you, if you're a believer of Jesus and you're in a place where where there are lost people, meaning people who don't know Jesus. I guarantee that you've been in a place where Jesus has tapped you on the shoulder and he's saying, hey, how are we going to reach these people? How are we going to feed these people? Maybe he, he's dropped in your heart uh, someone on a Wednesday night when you walk in these doors or, or walking down the hall at school or maybe in the band room or in the locker room or uh, in, in your math class. He's, he's put someone on your heart. And Jesus, he'll speak to your heart and he'll say, you see those people, they're hungry and they need me. They need, they need something. They need me. And, and I guarantee you, there's been times where he's put someone—you've you, looked across the lunchroom to that kid sitting alone—and he's tapped on your heart, he's tapped on your shoulder, and he said, "You need to do something." I wonder how many of us responded like Philip. Oh man, that's that's going to be too much work. That, that's going to mean I get up from my table, I scoot out my chair, I, I get away from my group of people. But I wonder, though, how many of us are willing to be like Andrew? God, I know this seems crazy, but here we go. I think a lot of us feel like you've got to be totally secure in what you have to offer. And you've got to, we have to have this deep biblical knowledge. But I think all Jesus is asking of us is to take a small step of faith. He's asking us to take a small step of faith. And as you do that, he'll completely bless it. God, I, I don't know much. I don't have much. God, I'm taking a step here, stepping away from my table, stepping away from my group of friends, stepping away from my crowd, from my crew, from my homies, from my people to talk to this kid over here alone. But here we go. I guarantee you, God will bless it every time. I never caught this before, but when Jesus broke the bread and he handed it to his disciples to distribute, if our worship team can come back up, see, at that point the bread wasn't immediately just more. It didn't immediately just expand, and there were many fishes. It didn't. It didn't take. It didn't happen like that. When, when Jesus handed it to the disciples to distribute, th- the bread wasn't just more yet. Jesus didn't break the bread and all of a sudden it turned into this these huge serving trays and like they were walking around like, would you like some shoes? It, it started out as a small piece of bread. And I wonder if they had this moment where they were looking at this small piece of bread and they were like, I feel like an idiot. All I've got is this little piece of bread. And i got to feed all these people? I feel like an idiot. And so they, they're like, whatever Jesus, I'll do this. So they go and they, they pull a piece of bread out of a basket. And they hand it to someone. And then the next person. And then the next person. And then the next person. And all of a sudden they look back in the basket and it's full again. And they're like, okay. Okay, here's here's some more bread. And so the next person, and the next person, and the next person. How many of you guys, like, maybe if you're like me, like, someone asks for a bite of your food, and you're like, you can have this corner. Don't you touch another piece. That's me, like, don't touch my food. It's not like the disciples were walking around, and they're like, whoa, there's too much. They were saying it. Eat as much as you want. Take as much as you want. And I, I want to challenge you guys tonight to don't don't just watch the miracles happen, but to work the miracles. Be part of the miracle. I think some of us feel like, well, well if, I, if I say no to God, then He won't be able to reach my school. Here's the deal. If you're not willing to move, God will find another Andrew. He will find someone. You're going to sit and watch the miracle or are you going to work the miracle? Are you going to sit and watch someone else reach all of your friends for Christ? Or are you going to be part of working the miracle?